Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Welcome to another episode of Rider on the Road. Um, today I have with me a very beautiful romance author, Joanne Dannon. Uh, Joanne's uh, website says some very nice things about her, that she writes sparkling, sassy romances with sigh-worthy endings. So in order to set the mood to talk with Joanna t- or Joanne tonight, I've lit my candle in the background um, so that we have the romance. I've got my glass of red wine sitting over here, so cheers to you, Joanne. And the only thing I haven't got is a handsome hero, but Joanne's hubby has been helping us set up tonight. So we do have a a handsome hero floating around in the background there. Uh, Welcome, Joanne. Thank you. Thanks, Melinda. Nice to be chatting with you. I do like your podcast, so thanks for inviting me to be part of one. Well, I couldn't resist. Uh, Joanne and I are members of some writing courses that we're doing online together. One of those is called Your First 10,000 Readers with Mark Stevenson. And Joanne has been experiencing... Uh, quite a level of success, although she'd be a little bit shy about that, with her promotion and marketing of her work. Uh, Joanne and I, before we started tonight, were discussing the concept of overnight success and we had a little bit of a chuckle because although Joanne is now an overnight success, there's been 10 years of hard work uh, going on behind the scenes. So Joanne, the quote that I wanted to start with tonight, um, which I've lost in all the chaos that we've been experiencing, is... um, she writes a handsome, she wrote a story recently about a handsome, mysterious Englishman, a feisty nanny, an exotic setting. What more can you ask for in a romance novel? So welcome. Would you like to introduce yourself for our listeners, please? Okay, my name is Joanne Danon. I'm an Australian romance author. I love romance. I like romance books and romance movies. And so when I started writing, it was pretty easy that I would go into the genre that I most liked, which is romance. I like to write contemporary romances and I like to make my heroes a little bit different. I've been a long-time fan of Mills and Boone for the presents or the sexy line, as it's known in Australia. But most of the heroes are, you know, bankers or businessmen or tycoons. And I just wanted to do something a little bit different. So my hero is a little bit different. So with my book that's coming out in October, for example, he's a scientist looking for a cure for ovarian cancer. I've got a, um, uh, what else have I got? Uh, We've got The Reporter, which is obviously with the one that you're talking about with Falling for Mr. Wrong. Uh, I've got a lawyer, okay, but he's a pretty sexy lawyer. But, you know, I just try to just sort of zhuzh it up a little bit and make it a bit different. I just, I want to, I write the books that I love that I want to read. Yeah, and I think one thing that we have to remember here is that writing romance is one of the biggest genres um, in, in novel writing all around the world. Uh, second, I think coming second are thrillers and adventure novels, but romance is right up there. So Joanne has, I guess, cracked it in a market that is considered to be the biggest and the best. Joanne, the two novels that I found for you were Falling for Mr. Wrong and Wanting Mr. Right. So I'm assuming there are going to be more novels in that series. Yeah, so um, Falling for Mr. Wrong is actually a standalone book, which uh, is lots of fun. It's set in Israel. We have a nanny who's on the run from the uh, London press and she goes and hides out in Israel thinking no one will find her. 
And of course, not only does the hero find her, but the London press find her. So they're sort of on the run, running across the country. So that was that's really fun. Then I start off with a series, and at the moment, two books have been released. The first one is Kisses Under the Spotlight, and we have a superstar as the hero. Again, something a little bit different. So he sings, he tap dances, he can tap dance upside down. He's a superstar. He's got billions of fans. Everyone loves him. And I've put him up against a very feisty physio who looks after him. And then Wanting Mr. Right is the second book in the series. That one's set in Hong Kong. Again, lots of fun. I just, I just, I, I really like doing what I do and I like to put the fun of what I like to read into my books. And the third uh, book in the series is the one that's out in October. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing as I'm sitting here um, chatting with Joanne and we had a bit of a chat as we were trying to get the technology working as usual. Joanne felt a bit bad that we couldn't get things working. But what she doesn't know is that I've been in her position for the last um, 10 episodes. Uh, Nothing ever goes to plan, Joanne. It's normal. And we all push on and we all get there eventually. But what you said I'd like to pick up on, you said everyone loves your stories because they feel good and as I'm talking to Joanne you guys can't see it but she's glowing she's happy she's vivacious she's smiling um writing romance is obviously something that suits your personality very well yep I think so and if you see on my Instagram and my Facebook pages I have things that are romantic you know I go to weddings dressed in 50s dresses with my hair done up and it's it's just I dress the way I like to dress it suits me And I'm not trying to make a statement. I just wear things that I like. So I like things with hearts on them. I like things with big skirts and petticoats. So, you know, the things that I love, I put it into my life. I put it into my writing as well. Yeah. So this is, this is me. I don't, I don't create an image to try and fit into this romance genre. This is me. I am part of a, you know, I love movies. Like every time I go and get new shoes that have got hearts or something on them, my friends will go, oh, that's so you because that's how I am. I mean, people don't know me yet because as a public persona, but but my friends who know me know exactly what I'm like. They know that I like these, you know, 50s-style shoes and big um, skirts with the petticoats because that's who I am. Yeah, and if you look at Joanne's website, which I'll put in the transcript notes so that everyone can go and have a look, it's this beautiful bright pink colour and it says that Joanne's interested in reading, writing, cooking, which I thought, yes, give me some cooking, vintage-inspired dresses and all things romantic. I'm guessing that brings us into why I've I've invited you on today and it's, or tonight because it's now 9 o'clock at night here, uh, If you write and you write successfully, you have to write from the heart. Yep. Yep, and I've I've always said that. Um, When I first started writing, I tried to put my my writing into a box. So because, as I said before, that I love these Mills and Boone books with these amazing alpha heroes, and I tried to replicate that. And every time I did, I didn't get a good story because I was writing something that wasn't me. So I think, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was a few years ago and I took six weeks off work. I did a Margie Lawson course and I sat down and I wrote the book that I wanted, which was a superhero, basically someone like Michael Bublé mixed with Adam Garcia so he can dance, he can sing, he's got millions of fans. And everyone said to me, no one will buy it. No publisher will buy a hero that dances, tap dances, and sings. And they were right. No one bought it. It was rejected by every romance publisher. But the thing is, is that I love that book. I poured my heart and soul into it. And because I love jazz and I love the tap dancing, I put all the stuff that I loved into this book. And so, yes, it never got published by a traditional publisher, but I was able to publish it myself. And if you have a look at the reviews, people love it. And the thing is, people also like bankers, but they also like something a little bit different. And that's why I think that the my readers really like that I'm writing things that are a little bit quirky, a little bit different to what is out there for romance. I was just, I'm just picking up on what you're saying there. And you talked about courses, you talked about yeah. reader reviews. So I want to pick up on both of those things mm-hmm. because a lot of our listeners will be on their own writing journey. You mentioned yeah. a Margie Lawson course. Who is Margie yes. Lawson? Okay. 
Um, she's awesome. She's been out to Australia a few times, and if you do her course, she's amazing. Um, I couldn't afford to do her courses when she comes out to Australia, but I know people have done them, and she is really brilliant in what she does. She helps you in your editing, but not editing as in picking up words, but how to make things really good in, in your sentences and how to really lift it and make it a little bit interesting and exciting. So I did her course, which is an online course, and I did it with a couple of friends, and we worked together. And I learned some amazing techniques from her. And I think that started me off. I've done a lot. I belong to Romance Writers of Australia. So once a year I go to their conference and I learn and they've got amazing people who come out. But I think you've still got to keep learning, especially when you're a new writer. You've got to keep learning. You've got to keep doing courses and finding what suits you. So, you know, you've got to keep reading your craft books. I mean, if I spin you around, you'll see my cover there and it's full of craft books. And I've read a lot of them and I think it's really important to do courses and also to find the ones that work for you. So Margie is amazing. And um, when I became a self-published author, you know, I've been told, oh, it's really easy. You just stick a book on Amazon and the money just comes in. I'm like, yeah, I wish. Can I tell you how many people have got books on Amazon and they make no sales? Unless you do a course, unless you know what you're doing, you know, you may as well just go and find a job working in a shop because seriously, it's so hard. It's hard to write the book. It's also hard to sell the book as well. And there are a lot of courses out there. Some are better than others. I've done a number of them. Some are really good. And the one that's been the best one is the one where I met Melinda, which has been great. And not only was the course amazing, and you could do it at your own, spa- uh, own speed, I should say, is that there's an online community so you can chat to other people. And I've also met um, other romance writers who are also self-published that we can work together. So um, really my, what I always recommend to people who want to be self-published is that you need to work with someone. If you work on your own, you won't do as well as if you're working with someone else. Now, I've got to tell you, Joanne, you're cheating here. I actually did a lot of research today and I read Joanne is a contributor to an online magazine called Savvy Authors, um, www.savvyauthors.com. And a lot of what Joanne has just told us has just thrown my notes into the bin because all of the things she just told us um, are the things that I was going to draw out of her tonight. So Joanne already is being very, very generous um, with us. Don't write alone, get support, um, prioritise your education. And as um, Joanne said, the course we're doing together is um, Nick Stevenson's first ten thousand or ten yeah your first ten thousand readers. Yes. Uh, and the reason I brought Joanne on tonight is because she's having success with her marketing. Now a lot of us have novels finished. Um, some of us have novels up on Amazon, but not all of us are seeing that monetary success for our very hard work. I'd like to take you back to the beginning of your marketing journey yeah. and tell us some of the things that you've tried and what worked and what didn't. Okay. Um, a lot of it was I became a self-published author and I had no idea what I was doing, to be honest. And I belong to Romance Writers of Australia, as I mentioned before. And most writers are traditionally published. So that means they're with a publisher who the, and, they, and the publisher does all of that marketing for them. Then you have those who are hybrid. So they're basically traditionally published and they may do one or two books on the side, self-published, but they have a name for themselves as well. That makes it easier to sell their books. And then you get people like me who come along and have no support <laughs> and don't even know what they're doing and have been told, oh, it's so easy, money's going to fall from the sky once you go and you put a book on Amazon, which couldn't be further from the truth. So I tried some paid advertising, which did quite well, not hugely well, but it did quite well. But the thing is, it's expensive. So you can run an ad with these companies and you pay 70 US, 70 US dollars and you'll get some sales. But I found that the sales didn't cover the cost of paying for the $70. So and it's a way of getting your readership. So I was sort of doing these things and these companies promise you, then you find them on Fiverr and they promise you, oh, we'll do this and I can sell this. And, and they promise you the world and I didn't see one sale from it. So I went through this whole, it was just really exhausting. And I got to the point where I thought, you know what, 
I don't know if this is what I'm going to be able to do. Maybe I, I do need a publisher because I can't sell my books. Anyway, then I found this uh, promotion. Um, I don't know how I found it. But anyway, I found this one called Love Kissed and they've been amazing. And the writers, we all work together. And the other thing is, is that once you start working together, then you hear about others that are working well. So, for example, with one of my friends that I met from the US, she was doing really well on another or um, with another organization. I guess it's an organization company doing um, marketing and promotions. So she invited me into hers. I invited her into mine. We're working together. We're doing box sets together. So by working with other uh, writers in the genre, you can do better that way than just paying for a marketing. So there's heaps of these companies out there. They take your money, but most of the time they don't really deliver. Yeah, and that brings us to, again, we've written our novels, we're looking at how to promote them, we're creating our networks, but really we're here for the long haul. Uh, Joanne is very young. Um, compared to me, who I'm 55 and I can give Joanne quite a few years. Uh, but I should imagine, Joanne, that you'll be writing for many years to come. So, I it's, hope so. Yeah, and I don't think it's the immediate sales that you're trying to build here. I think it's you're trying to build a career. Correct. Definitely trying to build a career. So at the moment I have three books. I have four more coming out. What I'm trying to do is build my subscriber list. So what that is is that when I send an email out... I send it out to people who are interested in my writing and want to buy my books. You know, sending out through paid advertising where, again, you can pay 70 100 US dollars, you don't know if you're targeting the people who really want to read your books. And that's where Nick's course comes along and really does a great job. And Nick, the reason why he's so good is because he's a writer and he started off like us, not making any sales, he worked out a really good way of making sales and obviously now he sells that information to other writers but then he has a community so you can all work together. And as I've said so many times that if you don't work together, you can't do well. You have to work together. And the thing is I always said you had to work in your own genre, romance. However, I've actually just joined up with another group of non-romance writers and we've been working together and that's actually going really well. So, for example, I love thrillers I like James Patterson I like John Grisham you know all of these you know big names I enjoy their books as well as romance so there are also other readers out there who may like these thrillers but may like a romance so we're actually all working together so I have to clarify that sometimes working with someone in a different genre in a, yeah for a different genre can still work as well as working in the same genre as yourself yeah and I think all of us are starting to get the idea now that Joanne may have more energy than some of us, but she's not sitting flat-footed. She's out there. She's pushing. She's promoting. She's networking. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. recent. I'm a recent um, convert to social media. I fought against it for so very, very long. Now I have more best friends in the world that I could ever count. But I'm starting to make some. Uh, genuine relationships and Joanne you I'm hoping are one of those genuine friends that I'm I'm connecting with yeah and I'm guessing that a lot of your success is through your social network definitely so obviously Facebook is really important I went to um, again going to courses learning from experts is really good my local council had this amazing speaker who spoke about social media and one of the things she said is that you can do everything, but not all of us have time to do it. So she said, focus on two. So I chose Facebook and I chose Instagram. Firstly, I love taking photos and Facebook is fun. So not only do I have my um, personal page, which is separate, that's for family and friends and pictures of my kids. I'm not going to put that on my Joanne Danon page because my Joanne Danon talks about my writing. It talks about what I love, which is vintage stuff, cooking, you know, dresses, my books. I don't talk about my kids because that's my personal stuff. So that's pushed aside. And I get surprised at how many people on their public persona will talk about politics and things because really that's not what people want to know about you. They want to know about your books, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But no. I think, yeah, developing your social network is really important. And people want to be, sorry to interrupt you, but they want to get to know you. They want to know what you're like. 
you know, do you like cats? Do you like knitting? Do you like colouring in? You know, what do you like? Because I want to get to know you as a person once that, and then they can get to know your books as well. Yeah, and um, I'm guessing we were talking earlier about uh, success and what it takes to be successful. Again, we're hearing it in Joanne's voice. I'm just blown away <laughs> by your enthusiasm. And yeah. uh, you were talking about some fellow writers who have mm. written 15, 16, 20 books over several years and they're still writing. And it reminds me of a quote that said, you will only fail if you stop. I agree. I agree. The thing is you've got to keep the momentum. Being a writer is actually really, really hard. I know people think that it's just so easy. We're just sitting around, turning out books. You get writer's block. It can be hard. You can sit there and write a whole chapter and go, wait a minute, this is not working, or your critique partner reads it and goes, no, that's not working, or your editor. It's actually a lot, a lot of work. So um, as a self-published writer, I think people are surprised that I spend more time on promotions and social media than I actually do on my writing. And I have to do that because you have to get out there. You don't have a publisher supporting you in what you're doing. You have to do it all yourself. So, you know, I've got a team behind me. I have an editor. I have an artist who does my covers. I have a formatter. I've got critique partner. I've got writing friends. You know, it's it's a big job to get a book out. It's not just sort of sitting around and enjoying it. It's, it's a business. And if you don't treat it as a business, then really – just go find something else to do. If you don't love what you do and, and really treat it as a good business, you just won't get anywhere. Yeah. Joanne's um, giving us all a message and none too gently. Um. <laughs> so, and the thing is, is that, I mean, I'm very honest and I'm very open and, and I mean this in a nice way that if you're not prepared to put in the hours and work and you just think it's going to be easy just to stick a book and really to write something that you haven't put your heart and soul into it, then why should someone read it? Why should someone pay that, you know, their three, four dollars to buy an ebook, which really you don't really care about? You just think it's easy money. Why should people pay for that? You know, I put my heart and soul into every book that I write, you know, because people are paying money for what I deliver. Yeah, and I think in the last five years uh, we have in the indie publishing world uh, a site called Author Earnings and it's run by a very, very highly regarded independent author called Hugh Howie and he has a guy called Data Guy that crunches all the numbers for him and people are starting to really take notice of what these guys are doing and what they're saying and the latest author earnings that came out said that in the last five years, there is a real trend to being a real trend towards indie publishers or self publishers, as Joanne says, are being the way to go nowadays. I personally could not imagine giving away the rights to my books, and I have always refused, and I'll continue to refuse. Um, but Joanne, you are starting to see success in in your indie publishing world, are you going to push on and take advantage of that and look at other markets, look at audio books, look at other things to increase your income? Definitely, definitely. I've already started looking. Um, I was looking at ACX, which is one of the most popular to have an audio book. However, they're actually not available in Australia as yet. So the other option is to go and get an actor to read my book. And it's actually just a little bit too hard at the moment. So I have spoken to ACX and they are coming to Australia sometime so when they come I will look at it I'm also looking at translations and I've actually found a translator who actually turns out to be a romance writer and I'm looking at doing some translations there I did get a quote ages ago and it was just a little bit too much for me but now I found someone who's a little bit more affordable and I think you know putting translations is a great idea it's a good way to connect with other readers um, who may not be able to read in English they may be able to speak English but if they can't read it well that's a great opportunity so yeah it's on the it's on it's on the cards I'm looking at it but I've only been doing this for a year so there's only so much I can get in every day cram in each day 
Yeah. Well, let's pick up on that. I was going to talk to you about audiobooks because that's one of the courses that I'm doing. As you notice, everyone, we're talking about the courses that we're doing because we're trying to upskill. We're not, yeah. We've always been writers, but we now need to upskill and get those business qualifications under our belt. I've, I've chosen to do the first 10,000 readers. I've chosen the Facebook advertising, which I haven't even opened. Sorry, Mark Dawson. And then yeah. I've been doing um, Derek Dapka, who will be on my podcast next week. I've already uh, spoken to him and I'll be putting that one up next week. Yeah, and he's into audiobooks. He's also going to be my personal coach, which I'm a little bit excited about, Um, if I can ever find the time to allow him to coach me. (laughs) Uh, But that's another story, and that goes with kids and jobs and all the rest of it. Um, But in Derek's uh, course, or in his audiobook course, there are ways of getting our audiobooks up there, Joanne, that you might be interested in so that we can go around that ACX thing. The other thing is I will be recording my own books. I've now got some of the equipment that I need and hopefully down the track I'll be able to record books for others as well but there's degrees of skill and there's um, degrees of competency and the big names and you know the people with millions of dollars they actually don't um, they don't um, employ one voice recorder they have a team of actors who come in and do that and I've got my very own personal theatre um, person who you saw earlier tonight, uh, Samantha, my daughter, she's she's doing theatre and I said, eventually you can record all my books for me, please, make them into stage plays and we'll all live happily ever after. Um, but in the meantime, we, we plot on as best we can. You talked um, when we were going through there, and I've totally distracted you again with that okay. audio book stuff. Um, no, yeah, you were talking about moving forward and doing so much and there's only so much you can do in a year. Joanne actually started her journey back in 2004 Five. Now, I was already old by then, um, <laughs> uh, but from 2005 to 2016, you've got, as you said, you've nearly got seven books coming out. What is going to happen down the track for you? What, what are your plans for the next little while? At the moment, I'm just going to continue with what I'm doing. I've got the four books coming out. Then I actually just want to take a step back because um, by Christmas time I will have seven books out and I just want to go and have a look again at my marketing plan and reassess. So I've got a book plan for February but at the moment I've just been focusing on getting all the books out as quickly as I can but I think I need to go back, redo the courses and just take some time out to reassess what I've done. Can I do it better? Is there any other way to do it? The other thing is is that um, I find finally got around to writing a book which I will in in our terms we refer to it as a lead magnet what that is is that I give that out to people if they subscribe to my list and by them subscribing then I can talk to them directly because the thing is is that Melinda you'll probably give me your email address because you know me but if I go to the person down the street and I go can I have your email address they'll go no and they go, oh, but I'm a writer. If I give you a book and you like it, will you give me your email address? And I'll probably go, okay. So then I can start interacting with them directly. So I think that next year that's where my focus is going to be on targeting new romance or, uh, right, sorry, new romance readers who like contemporary romance and to say, look, here's my book, I'll give it to you for free and then let me know what you think. Yeah, well, I just happened to subscribe to Joanne's list today. I did give her my email and I I clicked on her website and that's where I found the sparkly, sassy romances um, with sigh-worthy endings and I went, oh, I'm in love. And when I signed up for Joanne's page, it comes up as a lead page or an opt-in page and it's a very simple thing. It's just I put in my name and my email address and because I've signed up to Joanne's page, I'm now going to, I'm now subscribed for competitions, free ebooks, giveaways and updated on any new releases that Joanne has. That's a fairly standard um, format now for, for getting people to sign up uh, to your list. And, and before we can do anything else like Facebook ads, we have to have a list or before we start our online courses, all those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that I'm really struggling with with my podcast at the moment because I've got my lead magnet book and I've got the cover designed and I've got it drafted and it's all very ready to go, but it's finding time to do it. How much time a day 
on average do you think you'd put into first writing and second your business? I reckon I spend, it can vary, but I think it's almost half-half. And sometimes the business can take over the writing side of it. I know there's been a couple of weeks where I didn't write anything at all and I was working full-time and every day and weekends and nights on the marketing and the business side of the writing. Mm -hmm. So going back to that lead magnet, I mean, you'll see um, as of tomorrow I'll be sending you another email welcoming you and thanking you for trusting me with your email address. So that's something else that, you know, that takes time to set all of that up. I'm not savvy. I actually just prefer to write um, books and here I am having to try and work out all this optimization and auto things and, you know, I just I don't like doing stuff like that but you have to do it because otherwise, you know, I won't have a nice sign-in page. I won't be able to welcome you and, and I hope that when you signed up and thank you for signing up that you was, that you felt welcomed and, you know, you'll get your welcome email automatically tomorrow and, and, you know, that all takes time to set it up and as you'll see that with the welcome page, it wasn't just the standard one. It was tailored for me. I had the photo of me. I wrote my own words in there. I didn't use what I use MailChimp. I didn't put the MailChimp blurb. I actually changed it to what I wanted. You know, all of that takes time to set up. And I do that on purpose because I want my readers to feel welcome and that I appreciate them giving me their email address. Yeah, and once you've got all this in place and you're doing it step by step and it does yep. take time, it, it will be in place forever until you're ready to change it and do something else or change your colour, whatever you choose to do. Yeah. This stuff is there and then you can relax back into your writing um, yes. because it's this, um, Joanne's mentioned the word automation. That's right. All of that. And even just the setting up when you want to have your books on Amazon and have your books with iTunes and Kobo and Barnes and Noble, all of that takes time. It really does. It's a very time consuming process. Once it's all done, it's great. But until then, it's stressful. You've also got the business side. You know, you've got to keep an eye on everything for your business. You've got to um, do all your taxes. It's, you're running a business. And can I also add, I actually do have a business as well where I help mentor um, and help up-and-coming writers. So not only do I have my writing and the business side of it, I actually also own a business where I'm helping um, people with their writing as well. Okay. So, well, we might, yeah, we'll put those things in the yeah. show notes as well because I'm sure mm-hmm. there will be people who are interested in that um, mm. coming up. Another thing that Joanne does is on her blog, I found just a few articles and there were pictures of shoes and there were some wonderful photos there that I had a bit of a delve through Um, but I think I was sitting in a year eight Japanese class at the time so I sort of had to keep my year eights under control as well. Um, A couple of the articles that I found and I found myself having a little bit of a read of them one was um, top tips for do-it-yourself publicity which you've covered but just for my uh, audience here today the things that Joanne suggested and then I'll get you to expand on them Joanne is write well be approachable and Joanne is certainly that I adore her already Um, the website has to be live and up to date Um, now I had something go out on my website as the techies were checking it for me today our latin ipso bitso thing it went live it's across all my media including my linkedin address and it looks very unprofessional Um, you don't need those blips as you're moving forward professional photos um, be polite and have a great angle Uh, if i said to you is that it in a nutshell or have you got anything to add um, I went to go and see, I've forgotten her, the lady's name, it was Jules. And um, Anyway, I went to see her and that was put on by my local council and that was PR, how to get free PR for your business. And I, um, I should plug her business because she really is amazing. And what she does is she shows you how to get publicity. So the thing is, again, you're an independent or self-published author and, you've, and you see all your other friends who are with traditional publishers, say Mills and Boone and all the others, 
and they're getting, you know, articles in the paper and they're in magazines. That's because they have a public they have a publicist, okay? But we have to do it all ourselves. So that's why, you know, going to and learning, I had no idea what PR was. I mean, I'm in corporate. Well, I was in corporate. You know, I I, I wrote business documents. I was a project manager. I don't know anything about PR. So you go and learn from the experts. I went along to this course and it was amazing and that's why I put it in there so people can learn and go and have a look at this woman. She's got this amazing website. And I think the whole thing is learn from experts. So next week I'm actually doing yet another course through my local council and it's about Instagram, okay? I know how to put a picture on Instagram but I certainly don't know how to do it for my business. So what am I doing? I'm learning from an expert and that's the whole thing. Both you and I, Melinda, we went and learned from Nick, okay? Then we're going to learn from Mark on how to do Facebook ads because, you know what, Facebook is just, it's its own world and it's very complex. And, again, you need to learn from someone who understands it to make it easier because, you know, I just like to write. I don't like all of this other techie stuff. It's too complicated. So we learn from other people. And that's, you know, for me, really important. Yeah. How much would you write a day? How much writing? Would you write two, three, four hours? Or how, how much time can you carve out? It depends. It really depends. It's, it just goes up and down. So, for example, um, I had some opportunities and I had to get two books out in six weeks. So it meant that I wrote like a machine. So there were days that I just sat at my desk and we had takeaway that night and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. But then, you know, at the moment um, my children are on school vacation, school holidays, and there's no writing being done at the moment. So it just depends. And at the moment my books are with the editor and when it comes back it will be the end of school holidays and I can get back to writing. So sometimes it really depends. So some days I can spend six hours writing and some days I'll spend none. It really depends also where I'm up to with my books and where they are and if they're being edited or formatted or whatever. Yeah. I've got this little thing called um, The Freedom Journal by John Lee Dumas and he runs a wonderful website called EO Fire and I think he's got a podcast that he puts out daily, heaven forbid. And one of the things that I've picked up is – as long as you do something little every day, yep. you are still moving towards your mountain. And there's another thing, I think it's called inch by inch. I'm guessing yep. that's what you're doing. Yes, yeah, so even today, okay, I may not have done writing, but I was up at 5 o'clock this morning and I posted on Facebook and I was on there. So at the moment I'm working with um, there's nine of us all together. We've got a bundle together of romance, okay? So I did a bit of... Um, Uh, on Facebook and Instagram and promoting it because it's and you know that's part of the job as well as writing I also have to promote the books that we're selling at the moment and we've got nine books for 99 cents that's US cents which is a bit of a bargain even if you put it to a dollar 30 Australian it's still a bargain to get nine books you know we all have to work together I can't expect the others to do all the work we all have to work together as a team and promote our writing and if you can see it's doing really well that bundle again working together yeah that bundle it is written on page one of my notes i don't know how i missed it joanne it's called eight beach reads uh summer bliss nine novels for 99 cents chiclet and romantic comedy um what i picked up about that is it's going to be eight beach reads coming into the australian summer forget that joanne's sitting in melbourne at the moment where it's almost snowing and it's the middle of july um eight beach reads coming into summer you're going to do a blog tour in october now i read a little bit about what you were doing there on facebook i think it was today somewhere in there blog tours are now quite professional and that you'll be paying for that tour is that correct? yes definitely definitely so just going back to the beach reads, you've got to remember that most of the people that I work with are actually American writers. There are very, I think there's only one Australian writer that I work with. They're all American, all awesome writers. And yes, it's it's summer there. So there, that's why the beach reads and I just have to accept that. <laughs> I'll just pretend it's summer. I've got the heating on. So. Uh, I think by the time, and this is the wonderful thing with indie publishing, if you're in a shop, your book yeah. would be on the shelves for a month, maybe two months if you're lucky, then they would disappear. With us, we can choose how much to promote our books. 
your um, beach reads, your eight beach reads and summer bliss, you can really ramp that up, as you said, with your book tour in October, kicking mm. right into our summer. Now, we all live on the east coast of Australia, or you and I do. Taking along nine novels to the beach sounds fairly enticing. Are there any other Aussie writers in there or are they all American? Actually, one is because I invited her in. It's one of my writing friends, uh, Charmaine Ross, and she's fantastic. I just sometimes I get envy when I read her books. She's just got a beautiful way with words, and uh, she's been traditionally published. She's now uh, self-published as well. She actually lives in Melbourne, so it's really nice we can actually catch up and talk together face to face, which is amazing. And yeah, her uh, book is called Bogan Chick, and if you get a chance to read it, it is. So good. I was reading it thinking, oh, she's such a great writer. She just, she, I, I get envy reading her words. She has a beautiful way with words. So, yeah, but I do agree. Like the thing is, is that, okay, it may not be summer here, but you can still pick up a bargain to get nine books for 99 US cents. I mean, yeah. that's just a bargain. Yeah. And it's a big wide world. Now, I think the fact that we can go out and we can cross-promote my guests on my podcast, I don't care where they're from. I actually look onto our social media, I look at the courses, and I find the people that I'm interested in talking to because I'm following along in your footsteps and the um, people who I think might interest my readers who are also on on the storytelling journey, uh, we don't have to restrict ourselves to who are in our, I uh, guess, immediate vicinity. But there's something, I, look, I've taken up so much of your time oh, no, now. Okay. Yeah. One question that I've got for you, and um, it intrigues me and I love it. Um, there's something on your website, or no, it was on your article with Savvy yeah. Authors, where you went through your background and you've gone through it with us um, in a very generous manner tonight. But next time in Savvy Authors or Savvy Writers, you're going to talk about the confessions of a romance writer. I don't want to wait till that article comes out, Joanne. I want to know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that not that exciting oh I don't want to hear that Um, (laughs) and it's just more how I became self-published because I I I do have to confess I never wanted to be a self-published I always wanted to be published through a traditional publisher I had no idea what I was doing and it was just circumstances that I have become one and it's been amazing and if even if I got one someone wanted to sign me up I don't think I'd want to do it I actually like having full control over my books um, look, I've been a project manager in my previous corporate life, so it actually suits me doing this because really I'm project managing. As I said, I've got a little support team. I'm doing the writing. I get someone to do my editing. Someone does the formatting, which is basically putting the Word document and making it available to read on your Kindle or your phone or your smartphone. I have someone who does my art. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and try and do a, a cover art Look, I don't even have any idea. I pay someone to do that and she does beautiful work and that frees me up to do the stuff that no one else can do and that's write the next book. Yeah, and um, I have to admit that Falling for Mr. Wrong has a lovely, lovely colour cover and I've had it up on my social media. I've had it up on my Instagram and my Facebook and people are commenting on it. They're saying that it is a beautiful cover. So yeah. what we have to do now is get inside it. I'll have to start putting up some of the stuff that's inside the book and see what people think about that for you. Um, it's interesting that both of you and I have chosen Instagram and Facebook. I've also got a Twitter account account and I send everything to Twitter and my Twitter account's growing but I just don't know how to use it. Well again you need to find the right person who can help you. I actually don't do Twitter because I actually feel like I don't even have enough time to do what I'm doing at the moment but you really need to find the right person to help you with Twitter because Twitter can be great. It's just you know it's just there but learning how to use it which is why I'm doing the course on Instagram. So I'm oh, happy to share some tips with you next week once I've done the course. <laughs> it's it's really showing you how to use it in a business sense, not just for fun and sharing photos. There is better ways of using Instagram. Same thing with Facebook, you know, and that's why, you know, we're learning from the best. Yeah. I think I um, heard somewhere on one of the podcasts this morning that only 5% of businesses, and this was in America, are taking advantage of social media. Mm-hmm. Yet another person that I interviewed who I'm actually putting up live, Tomorrow, Brian Crisp of News 
Limited here in Australia, and mm. he was um, head editor of Travel Escape Travel in all our newspapers. He now works for content marketing, and he said by 2017, uh, all our, uh, I guess, marketing and advertising will be visual and most likely through these social media outlets because that's how we reach the new millennials coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little experiment. I tried Facebook Live, which was interesting, sitting here in yeah. my jammies at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, very popular. I noticed there are other authors doing that. I think Rachel yeah. Johns had one out this morning. Yes, and Maisie Yates does it as well. Both her and um, they work together. So, yeah, Maisie Yates and Rachel Johns, they've both done it. They do a very good job yeah. on the Facebook Live. I think that scares me a little bit sitting there <laughs> Hey, if you can do this, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. All the different media and what's available is fantastic. Yeah, I tried YouTube Live <laughs> last weekend. But yep. my my um, internet speed and internet connection, I notice even here tonight it's fading in and out a little bit. I'm in a major city in Australia. Joanne's in a major city in Australia. But we cannot hold a stable internet line, which is pretty, pretty scary. Um, so I, could not, I couldn't get my YouTube live happening. But I'll keep trying because if at first you don't succeed, try and try until you do. Um, the last thing because I already said it was my last thing, but I want one more last thing. You've got the word inspiration and it's a tab on your website. Come on, confess. Tell us what we need to know um, to keep us inspired. Well, it's actually a little bit different. It's actually the inspiration, what I had for each book, and I do like to share that. So with um, Falling for Mr. Wrong, I was very, very lucky to be part of a very dynamic women's program and I went to Israel and it was a fully included trip and it was studying and learning and we heard speakers and they were inspiring and it was just the best nine days. I can't even put it into how amazing it was. And so when I came back, I was able to write Falling for Mr. Wrong. The words just tumbled out and I put a lot of the experiences um, that I had gone through into the book. And so this is what I talk about. Um, The other thing, and then I talked about Kisses Under the Sunset, why have I got this clean-cut crooner? And, you know, some people think he's like Hugh Jackman and I think he's like Michael Bublé. And I talk about what inspired me to write some someone who's like that rather than a bad boy rocker with tattoos and piercings, which is what's really popular at the moment. I went against the grain. Why did I do that? And that's what I write about. So, again, it's coming from why I write what I write, coming from the heart and writing what you love. Because if you don't love what you write, you know, it's going to come through your writing. It's not just not going to be good enough. Yeah, and I think you have to you have to do what you love to do despite the money, not because of it. And truly successful people uh, are following their dreams, being passionate about what they do, and the money will come along behind. Uh, Yeah, and we're talking about romance being one of the most popular genres. And I think um, there's a statistic that 40% of every book sold are romance. And the thing is, if you just go and write a romance book because you think it's going to make money, I tell you, you won't do well. You only do well if you really love it and you see the best romance writers is because they actually love what they do. They pour their heart and soul into every book and if they don't, you can tell. So, you know, it is really important. Yeah, and I noticed some... and I think that's how I've gravitated back to you and I had Melinda Hammond on and I had Victoria Black on and yeah. I've got a couple of others coming up as well. Um, and I put up on Instagram, I think, 25 years ago, my first very nice rejection from Mills and Boone. Yes, and I thought, I, I wonder if I kept writing for 25 years, would I have made it by now? <laughs> <laughs> but it's never too late. It's never too late. The thing is, you know, if you stop, well, you can't get to your dream. And also, if you know that, um, I can't remember the exact amount, but with uh, Colonel Sanders and his KFC recipe, he was rejected something like 1,500 times. And I remember when I was doing my business degree, they said to me, well, when would you have stopped at the 300th rejection, the 674th rejection, you know, the 900th rejection? When would you have stopped? And he didn't stop. And then you look at what KFC is today, which is amazing, whether you like it or not. But it is still an incredible brand of what he has achieved because he didn't stop. Yeah. 
And I think you can see everybody who's listening here today, the passion is there yeah. in you. Yeah. Um, there is there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that you're where you're at, you're at because of your drive, because of your ambition, because of your motivation, I guess. And I can see yeah. why you would be such an excellent uh, mentor for people coming through behind you. Um, you have so many five-star reviews around the various sites that I found and I started to copy them down and I went, oh, there's just too many of them. So you're going to go on and I'm assuming now you're at the start, you've got that ball rolling, that things are just going to explode for you. So I'm hoping that you'll come back on um, down the track and let us oh, know yeah. how yeah. you're going and, and how famous you are. And I'll say, I knew her when she was pulling out, falling <laughs> for Mr. Wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, is there any last piece of advice? And you've been so very, very generous as writers tend to be, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, what What is something that people can take away after listening to you for the last hour? And I apologise for taking so much of your time, but it's you happening. It's been for so long. It feels like it's been like 10, 15 minutes. I've enjoyed myself so much. Yeah. Well, I move it. I, I said it for 30 minutes, but I'm just now going to say, forget it. You're here for an hour. Everybody, if you come and talk on Rider on the Road, just put aside an hour because none of my um, interviews have gone any shorter uh, because I get you and you're so fascinating and I can't stop. Yeah, so give give us something to take away. What's what's a little word of wisdom from Joanne Dannon? I don't even know where to start. But I, I really think that, you know, the best thing is to work with other riders and to help each other out. You know, the ones who do well are the ones helping each other out, not trying to stab each other in the back. I just, you know, and I really believe that. I really believe that, you know, especially as female writers in a genre that so many people look down on and snigger at and, you know, laugh at. And it's a fantastic genre. I love it. But you need to work together, support each other, work together, and you do well. And it's also nice to be working with other people rather than on yourself by yourself. Yeah, and that's a. I think that's a beautiful way to end. So thank you, Joanne. All Thanks. all the contact details and everything will be up on Writer on the Road. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe. I'd like to have my opt-in page ready and my uh, Do You Have a Story to Tell uh, giveaway book ready. But, of course, it's not, but it's gonna. It's gonna, gonna, gonna. So just hang around and it will happen. Uh, Joanne will come back and join us. Uh, I'll put this podcast live as quickly as possible. I'll put our interview up on YouTube because I want you to see how this woman just glows and gets so excited with her passion. Ignore the old lady in the corner, but oh, the young pretty it. lady with the big no, smile will go. No, no. <laughs> All right. Thank it's you, Joanne. I've had a whole hard day today. It's been a busy day. I'm going to go and let my dog out. He's been doing little barks in the background. I didn't know if yeah. you could hear me. All yeah, right. Thanks, Joanne. <laughs> we'll talk again. Thank you. <laughs>